All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, Brad, how are you, man? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm doing well. There were some great games last weekend. Excited for the uh, the two games coming up this weekend. Absolutely. I mean, we kind of talked about this last week. I thought most of the games were coin flips, you know, really hard to, to quote-unquote call a game. Um, there were some interesting spreads on all of them, and... Um, for the most part, I don't think anybody's shocked by the outcomes of any game, but I think they were all fun and uh, all intriguing. And the four teams remaining are clearly the best, you know. And I think for the most part, all four of them have been in our top ten the entire year. I don't think I don't think any of them dropped. Maybe Tampa once, maybe. They, I, yeah, I, they were hovering around ten for a minute, but I mean. For the most part, we we they knew had a really good reason for being there. I mean, the lack of chemistry and the new amount of newness to the team. So, yeah. But before we even get into uh, conference Sunday, conference championship Sunday, let's go ahead and talk about some some fun storylines around the league. Um, let's start with Drew Brees. Um, finishes up um, in a loss this week in the divisional round to Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh they lose thirty to twenty. Breeze was not great through three picks. Um he had another ball completed that was fumbled. So four total defense or four total turnovers for the defense. Yeah, I mean Breeze looked rough. He's forty one years old and, and Jay Glazer before the game reported that's probably his last game. Um and it was definitely gonna be his last game at the at the uh, Superdome in New Orleans. What's uh you wanna share anything about Drew Breeze? You wanna say anything about Drew Breeze? Um, I mean, true, true underdog story in terms of like what he was able to overcome, you know, overlooked out of high school, goes to Purdue, sets records, comes into the NFL, you know, gets injured, drafted at 5'9", will he ever be able to throw the same, goes to New Orleans with a smart young coach, you know, Sean Payton, and then the rest is kind of history, um, whether you liked him or didn't like him or whether you think he's system or indoor or anything like that, Drew Brees, the person, there's really no faults there. Everyone likes Drew Brees, who he is standard, you know, just a great example of what you want out of professional athletes. And I honestly can't wait to hear him in the booth. If, uh, if that's where he chooses to go, I, I think I've heard ESPN has some stuff lined up for him and, I think it would be really cool to see him and Peyton Manning in the booth together. I think that would be, you know, really pipe dream stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Drew Brees can do. And, you know, looking here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. In 14 pretty major categories, he's top three all time, if not first or tied for first in all but one of them. So um, when you look at the record, Brooks, it, it'll be a really, really long time. Maybe never will Drew Brees be forgotten. I think he's a unanimous top 10 quarterback of all time. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees is uh, he's special in a lot of ways. Um, number one, what you said off the field. Um, there's a lot of things that didn't go right in Drew Brees's, um uh, his path to to stardom but one thing that kind of um unfortunately happened that really got let us get to know Drew Brees is Hurricane Katrina you know Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans and, and tore them apart and uh Drew Brees kind of he orchestrated a comeback not just on the field but off the field with with money and funds and and leadership and then for us, a lot of people, you know, anybody that's listening to this podcast for sure, uh, sports are a big outlet, you know, and sports can be very uplifting when your team is, is up, you know, and to bring that team a Super Bowl at the right time and just bring that city um, and elevate that city to, to new heights was, was huge. And the Saints were really, I mean, look at them. They were a laughing stock for years and they've always been a laughing stock outside of Drew Brees being there. Um, true Hall of Fame quarterback, true Hall of Fame talent. Um, you know, the other day on on Facebook, I called him a, a system quarterback, and that's that's just all in fun and games. You know, um, it's it's really my my outlet of of giving it to the Tom Brady haters, but the Drew Brees lovers 
if you're gonna if you're gonna critique one player for something, you gotta critique another. But for for me, I love Drew Brees. I think he's a he's a hell of a player, hell of a talent, hell of a on field general. Um, I just seen a story. I don't know how you know true it is, but it sounds pretty true that Michael Thomas needs a lot of surgery this offseason and basically delayed it in order to try and play a little bit longer with Drew Brees, knowing that this was probably it. So Drew, Drew Brees will 100% be remembered in our fandom, in the two, anybody that watches football throughout the 2000s, from 2002, 3, 4, 5, all the way to now, uh, if you watched for one season or one day or 10 years or 15 years, you're going to remember Drew Brees. Absolutely going to remember him. I think uh, when you start to really dissect his career, you can understand that he's not a top one or two quarterbacks, but this isn't what that's about. We're taking Drew Brees for what he is, and he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Super, yep. Bowl, he's a Super Bowl champion, and he's a true leader on and off the field. And that's, you know, we're not going to sit here on this pod and, and compare him at, at this time to other people, but we're going to, you know, congratulate him on a hell of a career. And I agree with you. I hope we see him on on Monday night football booth calling games. So, yeah. And just a little fun kind of story is after Drew Brees hurt his shoulder, if you want to think about what one doctor did in terms of the ripple effect, uh, not many people know after he was hurt, Nick Saban, who wasn't very successful in Miami after one season, wanted Drew Brees. When the Miami doctor said, we, we're not going to take him, he, you know, the shoulder's too bad. And, you know, Nick Saban then leaves to go to college football after another year, and Drew Brees goes to the Saints, and you know, look what we've had for the past 10, 15 years after that. So it's kind of crazy how, you know, you can look back on one little decision and how it can alter so much. But I don't think there's a single person, even if you're an NFC South fan outside of Saints, that will remember Drew Brees in a negative fashion. He has nothing but good, positive vibes about him. He will be missed, but um, let's not get caught up in the moment comparing him to Tom Brady and the way that he looks, you know, throwing the ball at this stage of his career. You know, this is what it's supposed to look like, and he's even played longer than a lot of quarterbacks get the chance to. So um, it's his time to go, but what a ride it's been. It's been. It's going to be a weird NFL without Drew Brees, but, you know, the, the page is turning in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, let's stay. Uh, let's stay south. Let's talk about a uh, another city and another quarterback that had some hurricane issues. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, you know Deshaun Watson. Where where to begin? Um, the Texans were bad. We called it. We nailed it on this pod. Um, Feels good. Oh, it does feel good. I mean, <laughs> not not to Deshaun Watson's demise, but yes, we nailed them. And so they, they recently signed um, a guy away from New England. His name's Nick Cassie something. And uh, he's the new GM. Watson supposedly was not happy with the choice. And the guy that's been running the franchise basically used to be a, a former preacher. I mean, he, there's, there's a weird story behind it. Feel free to go look into it. The, the, the Texans are, are kind of a train wreck right now. But uh, Deshaun Watson basically openly said he wants out. Andre Johnson, a former Houston Texan, is beloved in Houston as a uh, no-nonsense, no-BS, uh, put-it-all-on-the-field kind of guy. Basically has stuck up for Watson and say, hold your ground, get, you, get yourself out of there, essentially. Um, let me start with one question. Do you think Eric Bieniemy is the only thing that can keep Deshaun Watson in Houston? That's the first question. No, I think um, I think it's time, honestly, in my opinion, to turn the page onto where is he going to go. Um, I don't think a new head coach is going to be able to save the relationship between Deshaun and the Texans. And it seems like every 24 hours we're getting a new report on how much further and further Deshaun Watson's gone in terms of not returning phone calls, not listening to the team. And now there's a report out. I think it was either last night or early this morning that he's not going to play for the Texans. So I think it, at this point, it's time to start looking at where he could go. And Eric, the enemy, there's no reason for him to kind of risk it at the Texans because when you're weighing head coach of the Texans versus just staying offensive coordinator of the chiefs, 
I don't really know if there's any real benefit to promoting out other than self, you know, just rewarding yourself with a head coach spot. But I don't know if the Texans is really where you want to go. Although I did predict that Eric Bieniemy could be a good coach, but it seems as though they weren't going to interview him. And then after Deshaun Watson was done, they're like, oh, wait, hold on. Let's interview Bieniemy, you know, just to see. It's just it's just a mess. And I, I think we should. I think most people listening would agree that we should move on to where do we think Deshaun Watson could go and what teams have the best packages kind of for him or what could be offered. So let's go ahead and start with the obvious. I think there's two I think there's two teams that can offer a great package. And then I think there's another team that would trade the farm in order to get them. Uh the obvious. The New York Jets, they hold the number two pick. They also have an, an additional pick that they received from the Seahawks. It's late 20s, I believe, 23, 24, somewhere in there. Um, and then they have future picks that I think they would be willing to part with, and they have a ton of cap space. Uh, I think that makes a ton of sense. Do you agree or do you disagree? Yeah, I do. Um, I believe the Jets have five first-round picks in the next three years, including this one. Um along with this year also having the 34th overall pick, second pick in the second round. So, yeah, the Jets can offer a lot without including a player. If they include Sam Darnold, they might be able to knock a pick off. But, yes, in terms of draft capital, I believe the Jets lead the way. You know what's kind of crazy is let me kind of dumb this trade down for people that are listening. Not saying that people are listening or dumb. I just want to to make this, like, simple. Yeah. Would you trade right now? Let's say you're the Jets and you still have Jamal Adams. Okay. The Seahawks have draft picks. The Texans have Deshaun Watson. Would you, Brad Epper, trade Jamal Lewis to the Seahawks in order to receive Deshaun Watson? Yes. Pretty, what? Of course you would. Or if this, you just keep them, would you package Jamal Adams and a first round pick for Deshaun Watson? Because the picture really is a long. Yes. The picks you're trading along with the future first rounder is what you receive for Jamal Adams. You have a defensive head coach and Robert Sala, I believe his name is. And that was one of the names mentioned personally by Deshaun Watson as someone he would like to play for. So you have Robert Sala, defensive head coach. You get Deshaun Watson, you know, and, and Deshaun Watson makes any team instantly better. Instantly. Yeah, I think it's just a no-brainer to me. In my opinion, I think it'll get done relatively quickly after the Super Bowl and the new year starts up in mid-March. I think it's going to get done super quick. It'll probably be one of those deals. Before the Super Bowl. What's that? I wonder if it might even be done before the Super Bowl. I don't know. It it could be agreed upon. Obviously, there's the paperwork can't until the new league year, mid-March or whatever. I I just see this getting done relatively quick because – the Jets don't want to start planning for the number two pick if they're not going to have it. And the team that's, you know, the Houston Texans want to start planning for the number two pick if they feel they're going to have it. So for me, it's, it's, it's a no brainer for both teams. The Texans can restart, man. They get the draft picks back that they've lost in the Tunsil trade. They get the draft picks that they've lost back. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. There's just, it's a bad situation for Houston. It's a mess. Real mess. Second team. Let's let's stay in the AFC East. The Dolphins. Yeah. I think the Dolphins make a stupid amount of sense because they have the draft capital to trade. Um, What do they have? The number three pick? They have the number three, number 18, a first rounder next year. So wherever they happen to be. I mean, for them, it's would you trade Lermie Tunsil for Deshaun Watson? Like, what? <laughs> Isn't that I, what it would be? Yeah. I think, I think there's a possibility for them as well that they could reduce the amount of picks if they incorporate Tua. And because they should. You almost and they can't should. keep Tua bringing Deshaun Watson. So You've wasted a draft pick if you keep Tua. Yeah. So incorporating Tua and trading picks, that one right there is only intriguing – to Houston if they're interested in Tua over a guy maybe of uh, Justin Fields or uh, Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, whatever. If you like Tua more than anybody else in the draft, you would take that package more. 
or you take that package because you're okay with Tua and you don't want to use the number three pick on a QB. Pretty fair. Right, yeah. And what do you, what do you think that makes the Dolphins? In my opinion, I think that puts them right there with Buffalo. Not quite Buffalo because I think Buffalo, they're a Final Four team. But Miami is definitely a playoff team. Yeah, they have the defense, obviously. Deshaun yeah. Shodi can do it with with little to no pieces in yeah. Jackson or in uh, Houston. So I think you're maybe a few offensive linemen or maybe one dominant receiver outside of Devontae Parker away. Um, they've got a good tight end. They've got a good running back, Gaskins and uh, Gasecki. So I think the Dolphins would be instantly there. They're a playoff team, and I believe they're immediately fighting for the a- or the AFC East. Um, I think it's a big deal for the Jets and Dolphins because not only do they both make the most sense and they both have the capital to do so, but likely right now it seems if one of them doesn't, their division rival is going to get them. And, it's an arms uh, race. Yeah, and with, with Buffalo already looking to be set for the next 10 to 15 years, this is a very crucial, crucial guy because Deshaun Watson's just that good. Yeah. And I, and I also think, I mean, New England's got their issues, but they're really a good quarterback away from being solid again. So you definitely don't want to, I mean, you have the ability to pass everybody and be that clear-cut number two and fight for one. Go do it. Go do it. I mean, it's been a mediocre um, second to fourth place for a long time. So um, another team that makes a lot of sense, uh, this is being brought up, and this team has a QB situation, so it's kind of weird, but the Niners. What do you think about the Niners potentially landing Deshaun Watson? Um, I think whether it's Deshaun Watson or not, I do think Garoppolo is just about done in San Francisco. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like if the 49ers were to get into it, I feel like it might have to be a multi-team trade it, where one team gets Garoppolo and a pick, San Francisco gets Deshaun Watson, and then the Texans get, you know, two or three picks from both of those teams like you know the patriots if you will yeah if the if yeah. the patriots sort of say we'll give you we'll give the texans a first rounder you give us jimmy garoppolo and give the texans you know you know a first a second and a future first the texans would then get three first round picks in a second give away deshaun watson and jimmy garoppolo moves but i, I feel like it, it's a long shot for the 49ers but if they were to piece something together it could happen uh kyle shanahan wants a better quarterback it, it, i think that's clear and obvious so it'll be interesting to watch that situation because garoppolo you know maybe we can argue is he good enough but he's inconsistent and he's hurt too often to he be able to plan around him as your franchise quarterback. Everything you said makes a ton of sense. And I agree with it, except new England traded grapple away for a second over or, uh, a second round pick. I don't believe his value has increased. Well, say, say they get two first and two seconds or yeah. two first, a second and a third. But then again, when we talk about all that, the deals that the Jets or Dolphins could supply would probably exceed those. So I don't know. But Deshaun Watson, back to just him, I believe it's safe to say he will be on the move. I don't think he's a Texan anymore. And uh, we'll see what happens to that organization because they may end up losing J.J. Watt too. I think they will lose J.J. Watt. I think both Watson and uh, J.J. Watt are both gone, if not Brandon Cooks as well. I mean, I think anybody with a contract, they are going to ship them out. I mean. Got to blow it up. Got to blow it up. There's a lot of problems there. Make it fixable. Be bad for a couple of years and, and move on. So who knows? Um, talking about another team that's been bad. They uh, they were bad for 15 straight games. They won week one and lost a bunch. Jacksonville. They got the number one pick. And they hit a home run at, at, at head football coach, at least uh, on paper. Urban Meyer, former head coach, uh, two-time national champion at Florida, one-time national champion for The Ohio State University, um, three-time college football national champion. I mean, that's huge. And he's taking his talents to Jacksonville. Back yeah. to back to Florida, where he, he had a lot of success. But this time <laughs> in the NFL, he's got the number one pick and roughly 70-ish million in cap. And what's your, what's your take? First off, grade the higher. Grade the higher. Um, on a number or letter scale? Still a letter scale, I guess. 
Uh, definitely A plus. Um, oh, okay. If you guys are into that, I don't think they could have got a better candidate at head coach. Um, I think the team is still young enough. They're so young that I don't think he'll have a problem with the environment on the players he's coaching. Yes, they're still professionals, but I believe Urban Meyer has earned the respect of a lot of a lot of people in the league or in and around the league. Um, I I also you guys saw my vote. Um, I posted this in the in the Facebook page. I do believe Jacksonville could go from from worst to first. And I don't believe it's it's some kind of fluke either. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. James Robinson was a top, I believe he finished top five in the rushing, but he, he missed the last two games. So even if he didn't, he would have. Definitely a um, success. Yes, there are three receivers, LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark, and Keelan Cole, uh, Tyler Eifert. I, I think they're fine on offense, and Urban Meyer is going to be able to do a good job. But with the $70 million in, and the draft picks, you know, they, they're going to have some good drafting going on. Uh, you start to look at some of the defensive free agents, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time, but I'll name some of these, you know, veteran pieces they can add to this defense at multiple levels. Von Miller, Matthew Judon, Leonard Williams, Melvin Ingram, Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, Patrick Peterson, Clowney, Justin Houston, Ngakwe, Ryan Kerrigan, both safeties from Denver, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, Levante David, Richard Sherman, all these guys are out on free agent, and there's a ton more. They they could be re-signed by their team, sure, but when or you have seven, when yeah, when you have seventy million dollars, you know that's that could be potentially five or six really good veterans to sprinkle around your team. Whether you go out and get an offensive lineman, maybe a left yeah. guard, and then a middle linebacker and a safety or a corner, the defense needs a lot of work, but they kind of almost don't even have to think about offense right now. You draft Trevor Lawrence and you give that offense, maybe you draft a wide receiver or lineman here, or there, but you give that offense two years to, to get working together and you focus on the defense. I think they have the cap to do it. I think they have the coach to do it. And I think they're in the right division to be able to do it. So with that being said, I, I think the Jaguars are a super fun storyline. That will be very interesting to watch unfold next year. Yeah. I, I... I somewhat agree with some of the things you said. Here's here's my biggest thing. So you pointed out the poll that we had up on the on the Facebook page. There was roughly six to eight. There was eight teams. Everybody yep. that finished dead last in their division, who has the best chance to then finish first? Um, so obviously it's it's a question of of the eight teams who has the best chance. And part of my issue with the Jacksonville Jaguars isn't the Jaguars. It's the fact that their division had the Colts and the Titans, who I mean, they're they're both great teams. They both made the playoffs this year, um, and they have the ability to make it again next year. Does Jacksonville? They lost 15 straight games, and I don't believe quarterback was their biggest issue. Now, they started a couple different ones. I just yeah. think that they're – there's a reason they lost 15 straight games. There's a reason they should have went winless. They, their one win was against a team they had no business beating. You know, it, uh, yeah. They, For, they're gonna they're gonna add Trevor Lawrence, and they're gonna add a brand new head coach that's never coached NFL type football. Um, they're gonna have a great season, but I think people are gonna be remiss by what a great season is for them. I think they're gonna go probably, and again, this we're really far ahead right now. We're really there's been no moves yet. We don't even know 100% if Trevor Lawrence will be drafted number one. He he's going to be, but hypothetically yeah. speaking. Um, I think five and eleven would be a great year for them. And then the following year, year two, when you roll over more cap, you still have your quarterback on a rookie deal because they're going to take a rookie quarterback. I think they're in line to to steal that division in year two. Um, yeah, I, I just think there's I, a lot I, of problems. I I know there's a lot of problems, but they lost a lot before last year, so they yeah, were learning. Absolutely. A, I, they were able to beat the Colts once, whether it was a fluke or not, they beat them. Yep. They had a game against the Titans, 33-30. to 30. Mm-hmm. If Deshaun Watson leaves that division, I think they took the Packers into overtime. They played the Browns well for three quarters. They just didn't have the extra oomph. And I believe when you have – I believe their offense will work better with Trevor Lawrence. And if they can get some pieces on defense, I think this this team, even though they were 1-15 and and you could bet on them to be bad, I just think there was a lot of games where their one or two 
you know, guys who can make things happen. One or two of those a game, just playmakers making plays away from, you know, winning three to four this year. And and that's why I think they could be a team that could flip from one win to nine wins. And we talk about how close this division is. There's a good chance that, like, they kind of beat each other up. And nine to ten wins may take the division. We might not mm-hmm. see, you know, six 11-win teams in the playoffs again on the AFC side next year. So yeah. I just think their one in 15 was a little – a little bit extreme because I still feel like the Jets were a worse team than the Jaguars. And with, with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, I'd have to I'd have to think that takes them a little bit further. Yeah. Well, I mean, stick sticking to Urban Meyer and what he can do with the Jags. The one thing he will do is he's gonna be involved with the draft process. And I'm gonna assume that he's gonna hit some draft picks. I mean, he's gonna have that advantage. He either recruited these guys or coached some of these guys, um, scouted some of these guys on on um, Fox Big Fox Big Noon Kickoff. I mean, he's been talking college football now for two years. He coached it two other years. So a lot of these guys that played four years, he has a good understanding of who these kids are, um, and he has no problem as the as the the Hall of Fame college football coach that he is is picking up the phone and calling Nick Saban and saying, "What's the what's the." The, the goods on this kid or picking or calling and picking up the phone for Dabo or obviously him and Ryan day are cool. I don't even think he has a problem calling Jim Harbaugh and saying, Jim, what do you, what can you tell me about this kid? Why should I draft him? That will be a unique trait. And I think he'll, it, it's going to seem like he's going to have a saints type draft where he hits everybody. And a lot of people have, have brought up the comparison of when Pete Carroll came from college to the NFL I mean, for three, four drafts, he was just lights out. He was getting guys left and right because, like you said, he's been through and around the system Mm -hmm. for so much. He knows what guys he needs that that their strengths fit what he needs. So uh, it's very exciting. And if you're a Jaguars fan, it's got to be exciting. And, um, gosh, the AFC AFC South has a lot of big question marks. Phillip Rivers, Deshaun Watson, the Jaguars, you know, the Titans fell apart late. So, I mean, the whole division's a little bit wacky, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that pretty much wraps up headlines. Yeah. Let, let's talk about Championship Sunday. <sighs> Boy, are we in for it. Dang. Let's, uh, let's see here. Championship Sunday is going to kick off at 3 o'clock, I believe. Sorry, hang on here. Yep, 3.05 on Fox we're gonna see, boy, Rogers Brady. Boy, is this one is this one fun? So Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are traveling to Lambeau Field um, to face the number one Packers with Aaron Rodgers. I, I told you before the podcast that I, I'm, uh, I could see any any of these four teams, whatever the combination, in the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody at this point. Hopefully, you're not ruling anybody out. Um, sure. But I want to say a couple of things on this game specifically. So I have a uh, a friend. Um, not sure if he listens to the pod or not, but he uh, he said before the season he predicted, in quotations, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would host the first home playoff Super Bowl. Okay, because Tam- the Super Bowl is in Tampa. He's also predicting that Tampa is going to get whitewashed this weekend in what's supposed to be called the frozen tundra. It's going to apparently snow and in Lambeau field. And uh, you can't have it both ways. So everybody that's going to over the next week on the real talk, Facebook page that wants to talk up Aaron Rodgers and talk down the Tampa Bay Bucks slash Tom Brady, keep that same energy because if, and when Tom Brady upsets Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau field, don't tell me, that Tampa was going to win the whole time. Keep that energy. Okay. Keep that energy that the MVP of the league, Aaron Rodgers, is going to just obliterate Tampa. That, so when Tampa pulls off the upset, which I don't even know if it would be so cold and upset. I mean, they literally blew them out earlier this year. Um, I, anytime Tom Brady is on the field, and this isn't me just like going about Tom Brady, but this Tampa Bay roster is good. It's a good roster. I mean, it's as good as the four of these 
These are all, all four teams that have great rosters. Okay. Um, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense came up huge this past weekend. And I know you made a, a subtle shot about, um, you know, Tampa's defense didn't get any of the credit Tom Brady did. But uh, I think Facebook was on the bandwagon of the defense. You know, obviously there's some some main media guys that were saying Tom Brady. Tom Brady actually played an exceptional second half. He made some huge throws. Uh, there was one in speci- specifically, uh, I believe it was third down and long. He hit Scotty Miller down um, the yep, seat. Right yep. <laughs> I mean, literally at 43 years old, can we just like, geez, Louise, like, I, and I understand you're still playing quarterback, so we expect him to make that throw. But that is a hell of a throw in double coverage to a wide receiver that played probably 12 snaps. It's just like, holy cow, man. Um, Brady did not start the game off good, which is why his stat line was so bad. But in that second half, he led off turnovers, uh, touchdown drive, field goal, touchdown, and then ran the clock out. I mean, what what more can you ask? So when we're talking about the Buccaneers-Saints game, I mean, part of a job of a quarterback is to not force the issue and not yeah. be the reason you lose. It's not always to be the reason you win. And, you know, I, I know some people listen to Colin Cowherd and some people just watch the game. And, like, if Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, and A.B. were to combine for seven catches, and we told you that before the game, there's no way the Bucks win. There's no way. Cameron Brate's the leading receiver. Brady has a quarterback rushing touchdown with the sneak. I mean, we all know that the more or less the Saints lost the game, but Brady, you know, they won the turnover battle by four. So not giving the ball away and punting and allowing your defense to have time and space to make those plays. That's part of the, the thing. So I'm not yeah, going to take let, too much time on that. But. Let me let me let me stop you there. So I want to I want to piggyback what you just said. Look at Tom Brady's stat line from the two games against the Saints early in the year. Of his 13 picks he threw on the year, five of them came against the Saints. He had zero in the playoff game. That's huge. That alone, he averaged 2.5 picks a game against the Saints. He threw zero, and obviously, Drew Brees threw three. But Tom was great. The Bucks defense was exceptional. Yeah. And as we get into this game specifically, anytime Tom Brady is an underdog, I, I can't imagine um, the other team feeling good about that. Yeah, so when people are talking about the weather and how, like, going from Tampa to um, Green Bay, yeah. you know, in at Lambeau Field is going to affect, you know, I don't think it will affect Tom Brady playing in New England for all those years. I don't know how you would think it would. However, some of those other guys, it may, you never know, but I can tell you if it's, you know, under 10 degrees and it's snowing, if that's what the forecast is projected, it's projected currently at between 27 and 21 degrees with a 40 or 50% chance of snow. That's, that's football weather. I don't think yeah, that, that's no, going to be a true, huge factor. I don't believe but I guess the thing is, is, is Green Bay, it's not close. They're the hottest team in the NFL currently. Aaron Rodgers playing out of his mind. No one can guard Devontae Adams. Statistically, with I think the 484 yards I think they had was the number of total offense, that's the most an offense has ever put up against the number one defense in the postseason. They absolutely shredded them. Devontae Adams did what he wanted to do. Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. The only thing that's tricky about this matchup is there's only one team that made them look human, and it was the Buccaneers. Um, I do believe, maybe this is a little bit of a jump here, but I believe if the Packers make it to the Super Bowl, they will be either of the AFC teams. However, the Buccaneers were the – it's kind of like – Last year with the 49ers, the Packers could be anybody, but that's the team they didn't want to see. I feel like this year they could be anybody except they didn't want to see the Bucks. They were, I think they were cheering for the Saints, and it didn't happen. So it, it's interesting because I think the Bucks versus either the Bills or Chiefs is a really good, better matchup 
in the Super Bowl. However, I think the Packers would beat either AFC team. I know I just said this, but yeah, them playing against the Buccaneers, man, I I don't know if that's just if they can. They got beat thirty-eight to six. I think was the final. I mean, by thirty-two uh, points. I think it was. I thought the Packers scored more than six. Maybe sixteen. I guess I could look it up. Real it, quick. Regardless, yeah. it was. I think it was three scores. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's the X factor this game? What? Who? Who are you taking, and why are they winning this game? Honestly, I know, I know last week you called the Bucks to to win the Super Bowl, but I'll let you regress. Now that the matchup's set here, who who are you taking? Um, I like the Packers. I think they're just the better team here. Um, okay. And it, it <clears throat> it's crazy because, you know, you like the names of the Buccaneers and things like that, but Devontae Adams is uncoverable. Jair Alexander has been playing lights out this year on the edge, and they've got a couple different guys who can supply pressure for the Packers. Um, and then offensively, it kind of seemed like the last time we played the Bucks, Rodgers threw two interceptions, got mad, and then just quit. I'm not saying that'll happen again, but it yeah. really seemed like they were rolling. He threw basically two pick sixes. One got returned to the two, and he was just like – it honestly looked like the whole Packers just mailed it in, and then obviously they went on to win a bunch of games afterwards. I just – right now, the best quarterback currently – right now this week I think is Aaron Rodgers and that's yeah. what that's what I'm gonna take is the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, that three headed monster. I, I like what they're doing in, in Green Bay. Would not be shocked if the Bucks win, obviously. All four yeah. of these I mean these are the best four quarterbacks all year. Uh Russell died off after about half the year. Yeah. Not off and Brady seemed for, to have picked up actually. Right. There was five people in the MVP conversation and it's these four quarterbacks and Derrick Henry. So to see all four of these quarterbacks here, it's it's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, let me say this: I'm kind of at a, uh, um, I don't know, a, a a win-win situation. That's what that's what I'm looking for. You know, I have a um, a playoff pool that I'm in. You're in as well. I hold I hold the Packers and the Chiefs as my teams. So if they reach the Super Bowl simultaneously, I'm guaranteed the money. Um, so for the Packers to win, you know, would be a 50% chance of win, me winning the money. But unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to get the money. <laughs> because there's somebody that doesn't give a shit about money, MVP awards, recognition. I've seen enough. And had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year went 0-16, it would not hurt a lick of this dude's legacy. But he didn't. And we knew he wasn't going to, obviously. And they did enough on this on this roster to to beef it up. And they brought in a couple of Tom's buddies, you know, A.B. throughout the midseason. And, you know, Gronk's had his days. But truthfully, I mean, he has one catch through this postseason. And we could talk about how good this roster is all day long. But... There's there's really one major difference between last year's roster and this roster, and that is Tom Brady. If you want if you want to even try to make the case for Gronk, I mean, go look his stats up and tell me where they compare to the elite tight ends in this game. Um, he's a great run blocker. I'm not trying to down Gronk at all, but uh, look at AB. I mean, they didn't get him till halfway through the season, and even his production, he has like three notable games tops, um, and he's done really nothing in the playoffs at this point. I'm not betting against Tom Brady and I'm not picking against him either. And I have no reason to believe that he won't walk straight into Lambeau. Look the cold weather in the face. Not even that cold. It people like, are hyping stop. that up much. That's it's not literally, negative. It's literally, it's literally new England weather. I yeah. mean, green Bay is known for some cold games. I ain't trying to discriminate or, or talk down about it's green Bay. And this ain't negative seven. I mean, this is, tw- this is football weather. Brady's going to look it dead in the face. And to be honest, in a running situation where there is heavy snow, I'm going to favor Tampa. I'm going to favor that running game. Fournette seems to really be gashing the holes. Ronald Jones, when he's not asked to catch the ball, supplies enough. I like Tampa to win here. And this is where it's going to shock people, but 
I think they'll take advantage of Green Bay. I think they're going to piss them off. I think they're going to win by two scores. 38-24. I think Tampa wins this one. And I think their offense finally clicks in the postseason because it hasn't yet. They've really won games on defense. And they'll do some defensive things against the Packers. And the Packers will look, you know, 24 points is nothing to hang your hat on. But um, I think I think this is their best game of the year because no matter who they play, I think they're going to struggle in this Super Bowl. But uh, I like them to beat the Packers in Lambeau Field. Yeah, and I, I could see it. I mean, the Bucks have played great, and they've only gotten better throughout the year. Yeah. The monkey's off their back by beating the Saints. It, I'm um, glad and, you said that, because I, I wish I would have said that. The one team that they they played, I hate to say this, they played scared against that team, because, you know, Jared, big follower of the podcast, from the podcast, he said it. He's like, this team can't beat the Saints. They struggled. He was right. He nailed it. He nailed them. I mean, they couldn't beat them week one. They couldn't beat them week 12 or whatever. Um, they came into the playoffs, and they played a pretty conservative game. They ran it a ton. By far the most they've run it all year. Um, they played a conservative game. They didn't turn the ball over. Tom made enough plays. The defense made more than enough plays, and they won. They're going to open it up against Green Bay. And the they did enough last week without Mike Mike Evans. If Mike Evans is hypothetically locked down by Alexander, even though he's 6'5", and Alexander's only like 5'10", he's a relatively short lockdown corner. I like Mike Evans' matchup there to get at least one jump ball that sets him up for a field goal. He'll do enough. I think we'll see some out of out of Gronk in the run game. The Buccaneers are winning this game. Mark my words. Yeah, I guess I don't feel strongly about it either way as you do. Um, I just think right now, Green Bay's just rolling, and um, I don't think there's anything the Buccaneers can do defensively that the Rams couldn't, and it didn't seem to affect them. Uh, like you said, the Buccaneers definitely pose a greater threat than the Rams do offensively, especially with the way Jared Goff has been playing lately. So, if you were to ask me, in hindsight, obviously maybe it's a little biased in them now, but if you were to say who are the two best teams in the NFC all year? I would have said the Buccaneers and the Packers. If you would have said who are the best two AFC teams all year, I would have said, well, first Steelers. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it would have <laughs> been Chiefs fair. and yeah. Bills. It would have yeah. been Chiefs and Bills. So uh, we got the right matchup, and it's it's really nice to not have a dog in this fight. Um, I will say out of the teams that I would like to see win the Super Bowl, these teams are uh, third and fourth. I think these teams are third and fourth, um, maybe second and fourth. But I'd like to see the Bills win the win the championship. I, I, I'm going to go on a limb that say Tampa is last. Tampa is last, and it's really because like Tom's won six any, times. No, no, no. It's it's not really because I'd like to see Mike Evans win one. Um, it's more or less that like. Brady doesn't really need a seventh, although he's our, it doesn't really matter. But I don't want to see A.B. win a Super Bowl, to be honest with you. That kind of irritates me. Um, and when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I think his personality, he doesn't get enough respect as he should because he's kind of like arrogant. But I kind of like that arrogance out of Aaron Rodgers. And last year, I wanted to see Rodgers Mahomes. So if the Packers make the Super Bowl, I want the Chiefs to make it. But um, it's really Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen. I like Sean McDermott. Josh Allen, like I said, I, I like them out of Wyoming. I told you before we did our draft stuff that I followed the combine and the draft process pretty closely. And I, I didn't think he'd be this good, but I always thought Josh Allen was a modern-day version of Big Ben coming out of, yeah. of college. A little bit more mobile, but big gunslinger. And I just like his personalities. I'd like to see the Bills win it. And we're, tra- uh, we're, think, trans- we're transitioning it. So yep, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's where I was kind of getting with this. Um, I like the bills to win this weekend. Um, I would have liked the bills with Patrick Mahomes at full health. It looks like we're either getting Patrick Mahomes at 85% or not at all. So um, I know it's unfortunate that he's hurt. Maybe they come out and win. You know, we got the logo and the t-shirts coming around. Henny thing is possible. You know, Chad Henny doing his thing and yeah. Andy Reed can't say enough about Andy Reed. But I don't know. The Bills played a really good Ravens defense. The defense had to get a touchdown for them to win that game so handily. That that touchdown goes the Ravens' way. It's 10-10. It's a totally different ball game. Um, 
I like the everyone talks about the Chiefs offense being unstoppable. I think the Bills could go for 30 plus. I think this has a chance to be over 70 points total between the two teams scored if Mahomes plays. But I just like I like the Bills to be able to force one or two more turnovers than the Chiefs. And I Pat or uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, that group. I I don't know. I just really like what they're doing in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean we touched you touched on this a second ago that you thought the Packers could beat um either of these two teams and I I somewhat agree because I think they're just of the four teams remaining, they're probably the most complete as far as what they can do. Uh if you were to give them a grade in each level, I think they would probably score on average the highest. They have their weaknesses, of course, as do all four of these teams. But um the two teams that I think have the the highest firepower on offense isn't the Packers. I think it's these two. What they're able to, and obviously the Packers are, are good in their own right. I'm not trying to down them. But I think that the, the, the Chiefs and the Bills can both, they can shock you how much they can score. Obviously, the Pack, I'm not trying to down the Packers by any means. Let's, let's, I'll keep it to this game. But um, for me, I, I told you this weeks ago, I didn't think the Kansas City Chiefs would lose another game. Obviously, they, they benched and, and folded it up for week 17. And, um, this team's done this team's done enough this year to make me think that they can beat anyone on any given day and I don't think it changes. I think that they will beat the Bills. Um but I want to say this because I've been I've been really coming around on this lately. Um obviously anybody that listens to this pod, I kind of downed Josh Allen before the season started. I I apologized and at this point I hold him in pretty high regard. Um I think in the next 5 years we will look at Josh Allen as the best quarterback in this league over Pat Mahomes. Um, he does things that even Mahomes really can't do. I think that he possesses traits that Patrick Mahomes wishes he, he possessed. Size for one. Um, but in this game, in this situation, I think the Chiefs win this one. And go feel free to take the over. I don't even know what the over is, but feel free to take it. But I think the Chiefs do more than enough in this game to, I don't want to say they comfortably win, but they're going to win this game. Uh, coach, Chiefs. Quarterback, today, Chiefs. The one thing that Patrick Mahomes doesn't really get enough credit for, in my opinion, is how freaking poised he is. He's incredibly poised. Well, he's seen it all. He, isn't that wild, though? He's 24. He's seen it all. Third year. It's his MVP, fourth year in the league, but Super it's his... MVP, Super Bowl winner. I mean, he's legitimately... This is his third straight AFC title game. He's in – God, this – my skin's crawling. He's in Brady territory at this point. I mean, Josh Allen, this is new. And I understand he's handled it great. And they're 13-3, and 14-3 and three now because they won less – for a reason. 15-3. They've won two games already, right? Yeah, they've won two games. They, they, they deserve to be here. But – I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes and what the Chiefs are able to do. And they got balls of steel, man. What they did against Cleveland without Patrick Mahomes even, dude, this is this team is far and away the best coached team in the playoffs, in my opinion. Far away. Um, I like the Chiefs, and I don't have a score. But I like the Chiefs to, to at some point to get it done. And there's a, there's a rule that Nick Wright kind of made up, and to be honest, I haven't I haven't seen that he's wrong, and I know you kind of you get a little upset, but if, if the chief if the if the Chiefs are down by less than a touchdown and they got the ball, you're behind. It's true. I mean, even last week, I mean they they have a bare they have a small lead. They're up by five, and it seemed like maybe the, and they didn't get it done. And I I just I can't imagine. I like the Chiefs to find a way. Find yeah. a way. Um. I think you jumped the gun there on Josh Allen, just assuming I, he's the best quarterback. Now, he's he's amazing, so I'm not going to say it's not good. possible. Just takes a, quite a bit of – I mean, because before the season, I stood on the table for Josh Allen. We were That's one of the things that yeah. we disagreed on. Now, I didn't think he'd be this good this year. Yeah, it's um, crazy to say that. You gave him Stephon Diggs. He had one guy who he can say, he's going to be open for me on this play. 
and to see what he's done with that is phenomenal. So let's let's talk about that for a second. So Russell Wilson, we we've both kind of been agreeing most of this year, and I don't know where we stand. Right, you said currently it's Aaron Rodgers, and I actually agree with you. Like today, Aaron Rodgers is playing the best quarterback right now. But Russ has Lockett, Metcalf. He's been able to do his thing. Mahomes literally came into the league with two of the best offensive players in the league. He threw 50 touchdowns and won a Super Bowl in year two. And had Kareem Hunt. You're perfect. Okay. Brady, even. You know, last year struggled. His numbers were average. A lot of people were like, well, maybe this is a cliff. Comes to Tampa, he gets some 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 above average receivers, and now look what he's doing. Josh Allen didn't have that. We gave him that, and he literally blew up in one season. What could we project if they give him uh, really the the Bills don't even have a solid tight end. Think about the uh, we're going this far with the Bills. Like I I don't know I don't know what else you could give them. But if in the second round they took a wide receiver that ended up being a home run hit opposite yeah. of Diggs or something, I yeah. A more secure running game, they would seem almost unstoppable. But I think it was only one game this year. They had less than 20 first downs. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have two things that are ridiculous. From 1 to 80 yards, they can hit the receiver. They have unbelievable arm strength. And 2 is their ability to overcome negative plays. Yeah. It's second and 14. Well, that's fine. Just drop the 10 yard slant. And they, they just hit it with such velocity and consistency that even when you get them a, ne- a negative play on them, they seem to bounce back with, with a big play. So I just, again, the Bills outside of a weird game against the Titans and a good game against this Chiefs, they're virtually undefeated. I mean, the Hal Murray is their only other loss. They, They've only been beaten twice, and it was back-to-back weeks, it seems like. Um, I guess you can't avoid it. They, they did lose to the Cardinals. That's, but, that's another player that took a huge leap when we gave him a wide receiver is Kyler, you know? Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes, I, I would argue he never took a leap. He literally, from the day one, he, he threw 50 bombs in his first year. So what was he his rookie year? Could he have thrown 40 bombs? At, who knows? But all I know is that from last year's Josh Allen, to this year's Josh Allen, they're not the same dude. Right. We're we're talking Everest climb, man. He he really, really solidified himself as a top dude. That Mahomes is the best quarterback. I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. In yeah. the league right now, I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. Yeah. But if if you think the gap is big, you're you're just not you're just not looking at these at these things. four guys are all in the discussion. Yeah. Russ is in the discussion and you should probably Watson. throw Watson in there. Yeah, absolutely. There, maybe there's a guy I'm missing. I don't know, but it's just, I think for now that's it. Yeah. Well, let's just put them there. And it's, you said right now, this game, Mahomes is better. I, I think Josh Allen is playing better than I think Josh Allen. I think it goes Rogers, Allen, Brady, and then Mahomes, honestly. I think I right. Now, I don't. I don't know that I said Mahomes or uh, yeah, Mahomes is playing better. I just think that he's more suited in this situation because I I would agree with you. I think it's I think it's I think Rogers, with no fans, Allen, Brady, Mahomes. As far as I think, little uh, to no fans, it's it's a different ball game there. There's gonna be some fans. Well, I get that there's gonna be some fans, sure, yeah. but it's not gonna be sixty thousand in Kansas City. Yeah. Like for the most part, you're gonna hear some noise, but you've played this team already. You've won two playoff games on your way already. Their quarterback is playing more confidence than he ever has. Stephon Diggs is not a guy who lacks confidence at all. You look at Tredavious White, their pairing of safeties in Poyer and Hyde. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of that, that front seven. I just think this team has a lot of playmakers at a lot of spots, and so do the Chiefs. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I think this is going to be a, <clears throat> a really good game. I just – I like – I think the Bills can score just as much as the Chiefs. So this game is going to come down to the turnover battle. I, I think the Bills you. can win it. I think the Bills can win the turnover battle. Let, let me pose this question. And this is hypothetical. I'm not saying this will happen. But if the Chiefs are down 10 in the fourth quarter, is the game over? Yes. Really? 
Yeah, because if they're down 10, I believe the Bills will continue to score too. I don't think the Bills are going to be stifled in this game. I don't think a team will get... Uh, that's I fine. Think no, it's fine. You're sure your opinion. No. I just think if the Chiefs are down 10, I have every 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 thought in the world that they could bring it back. If the Bills are down 10 to the Chiefs, I think the game is over with. That's just, that's just where I'm at. I just don't think Josh Allen is yet there. He could prove me wrong. He's proved me wrong this year, hasn't he? He's gonna. Hasn't he? I think he's gonna. I I think we want Mahomes Rogers. I think there's no, a no no no. no no no. I would love Brady to beat Mahomes and Rogers and Mahomes. People think, who are people who aren't Tom Brady fans, New England Buccaneers. Take well, those America guys. wants Packers. Chiefs. America yeah. wants Mahomes versus Rogers. I think there's a really 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 high percent chance we could get Brady Allen, and people could be like. All right, well, I guess this is our Super Bowl. You know, it's still going to be fun, but I think it can be. I don't know. It's if I had crazy if, because you just proposed another storyline in my head that I've been thinking about. How, I mean, again, this is a, the Patriot fan in me, but how hilarious for the Bills to reach their first Super Bowl and how long and who's across the field, but the guy that's beat them more times than any quarterback has beaten any one team, Tom freaking Brady, is across the field from you. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I it, it, there's just there's a crazy storyline for no matter what concoction. Absolutely. Makes it. Absolutely, that's what makes it so fun. From a, someone who doesn't have a dog in this fight, I can't imagine the nerves of Bills, Chiefs, Packers, or Buccaneers fans with where they're at right now. There's a lot of pressure on all teams for different reasons. The Chiefs, are you guys the next dynasty? Prove it for the Bills. You know, can you guys get over the hump? Can you guys do it? They probably have the least amount of pressure, honestly. The Bills do. They're playing on house money at this I point. I agree. I agree 100%. Have the Buccaneers, you know, Tom Brady, you know, can he win that seventh title? Can he do it with another team? They're, They're kind of playing with house money, too. Yes. And the Packers. That you Why can't Rodgers win another Super Bowl? Yeah. Why can't he so, win another Super Bowl? Yeah. So, I, I we've talked about these games. You know, we can talk about them some more in the group chat if you guys want to You put some stuff in there, what you think about what we went over and what we talked about. But uh, I've got the Green Bay Packers versus the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, and that was not my prediction before the year. And I have Tom Brady in the Bucks against Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs. And at that point, I would take Tom Brady to, to – to, <laughs> Complete this the three greatest stretch of of any game, defeating Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes on rate to a seventh Super Bowl is uh only a story you can make up in the books. So that's what I would love to see happen, and that's what I'm calling here. But but truthfully, I think those are the two teams that are gonna win too. Will that happen in the Super Bowl? I don't know. I'm excited. And truthfully, you can say I'm crazy, but guess what? If I flop the scenarios. I don't think I sound crazy. Like these four teams, we both agree. Doesn't matter how you mix them up, they could all play on Super Bowl Sunday. Yep. So that's all I got. Yeah, I don't really have much more. I mean, if the Steelers aren't going to be part of it, I don't know if I could have got a better four final teams for a Super Bowl run than what I got. I mean, but like I said, I. I really don't want to see AB win a Super Bowl. Yeah, you know I, I'm uh, I'm living in the moment. You know Tom, Tom Brady is is still in it for me, and um, I have a couple teams in a Super Bowl pool with the Packers and Chiefs. So uh, for me, I'm living in the moment. But honestly, I cannot wait for the off season to talk division breakdowns with you. Um, gosh, football is at an all time high, man. Yeah, I'm glad we got it too because there was a chance we could have been missing out on all this. So. I'm glad you guys have been listening to the podcast and being a part of the the group on Facebook. You know, it's been a, a long, fun ride, and I, I, I feel like a lot of you guys are enjoying it. But yeah. the group that 170, could we get to 200 by the Super Bowl? It's only up to you guys to, to get people into the group, build the community, build this thing up, more people, more fun. So yeah. if we get 30 listeners or more to this podcast, can you guys all try and grab one more person, bring them into Real Talk? Let's get that number to 200 in, in one season. One that would be that would be incredible, guys. I wouldn't be able to thank you enough. 
And, uh, you know, we, me and Brad haven't even talked about this, but I'll bring it up. If you guys want to see us go live on Super Bowl Sunday, um, we'll, we would be more than willing to do that. I know I didn't even talk to Brad, but I know we would. And uh, we would love to talk to you guys about what you guys think. But, man, would 200 be sweet? So, yeah. So if you guys uh, if you guys are just listening to this, awesome. If you guys are watching on YouTube, awesome. If you guys, uh, you know, just check out the live shows, awesome. If you guys are just in polls, whatever it is, we appreciate it. We know you, you do as well. So, yeah, that's all I got. Yep, that's it, boys and girls. Yeah, uh, catch you guys next time. Wolverine's round at 7, so uh, go blue. See you guys go later. Blue.